Life's too short for crap marketing. The Got Marketing Podcast is for marketers, business owners, and entrepreneurs who want marketing that's fun, accessible, and meaningful. Join me, Mia Feilman, for inspired chats with my favorite marketing insiders about marketing that works, campaigns that inspire, and the fads, fakery, and false profits to avoid. Hello, friend, and welcome back to the Got Marketing Show. I have a ripper episode planned for you today. We are going to talk about creating customer avatars. We're going to talk about the coaching industry and we're going to talk about the gurus. I help people make shifts that they've come to the realization that they cannot make on their own. So many people come to me and say, I've lost my spark. What we do is we define what that spark would look like. Are you that woman that, you know, looks in the mirror and no longer recognizes who she is or says, you know, my whole life has been spent making others happy and fulfilling shoulds rather than what I really want? That was Penny Lacasso. She is a transformational coach and therapist. Welcome to Got Marketing, Penny. Oh, Mia, it's joy to be here. I can't wait to have this conversation. It's such a topic that I'm passionate about. All three. Yeah, why is that? Tell me, why is that? Well, the customer avatar stuff I'm really passionate about because it completely changed how I create in my business and it completely changed the relationship that I cultivated with followers and subscribers um, in my business to the point where they now continually say to me things like, I read your stuff and I feel like you're in my head. And like, that is like the greatest gift in terms of, oh my gosh, you know, I know my audience. So true. Oh, so good. All right. We'll get to that. First, how does it feel to be a coach at a time when coach is almost like a dirty word? Oh, do you know, it took me six and a half years to call myself a coach. For that exact reason, because I actually felt in calling myself that I was diluting the value of what I can deliver. Um, But I did some work and I overcame it. And the thing is, I think, I mean, you would know this in the work that you do, but equally in, I'm sure you've been coached yourself, right? That a coach can completely transform you and your business if it's the right person. Mm -hmm. So there are amazing coaches out there. I've had some brilliant ones. The problem with coaching, I think, is that there's no sort of, I'm not a fan of regulating bodies, but I honestly think it's an industry that needs some sort of regulation because it's just like the default for anyone who leaves, I would say, the professional world and decides that they want to start their own business. And so therefore they go into it. And so there's a lot of people out there that just aren't qualified for anything other than I worked in corporate and I led a few people. Or, or it worked for me and my story, this was my story, and so it will work for you if you also invest with me. Yeah, and I think what's interesting about that, one of the things I consistently send to people, whether they work with me or not, I don't care, I've got like this little checklist, which is how to find the right coach for you and make sure that what you're investing in is quality because for me, I want people to get what they need and get value for their money and I think a lot of people don't know what questions to ask to actually get someone that's not going to rip them offline because a lot of people are charging a lot of money and is actually going to deliver what they say. Okay, so take us through that. That's amazing. How can you help people avoid these cult coaches, gurus, and actually do some due diligence about finding someone that is the right fit? Because you're right, Penny, you know, every athlete in the world has a coach. You know, um, some of the world's most successful business owners also have coaches. 
Interestingly, I don't. You've never had one? I've never had a business coach. Never had a business coach. I don't have one now. I'm just so mortally afraid. Um, And I just don't feel like there is one person Mm. that can help me in all the different areas of my business. And so I take a peer coaching approach where I have a few different really close friends. Yeah. And we coach each other, but no money changes hands. Oh, that's amazing. So you do have coaches. You've just developed a barter system, which is a brilliant way to do I've done a lot of that myself. But I think you you touch on two really interesting things. One is I coaches are a bit like friends, right? It's a reason or a season, or they say a lifetime. I think coaches are a reason or a season. I don't think that you're ever going to have one coach for your whole, um, be it your uh, a life shift, be it uh, your business, whatever it is. I've had different coaches for the different stages and the different um, skills I'd need, I've needed to develop at different times. And I mean, you've been one of that with campaign classroom, right? So that would be an example of that. Um, so I think it's important to know that you're not going to get someone that's a one size fits all. In terms of the due diligence, and I'm extremely passionate about this because I just don't want people spending money on things that they don't get value out of. So the first thing I say is, you've just said it, go out to your peer network, ask people, tell people, this is what I'm looking for. Like be very clear on what it is that you want from a coach. I always say to people, what are your expectations of me as a coach? And equally, what are the results? Like what is going to make you feel like this investment was worthwhile? So get clear on what the results are that you want. I think that's the first point. Go out to your network and say, I'm looking for a coach. This is the result that I'm looking for. Do you know anyone? Because word of mouth is the most powerful thing to do. When you, then you're interviewing these coaches like a job interview, right? You want to sit there. I want to, I want to look them in the eye if that's on Zoom, but equally, I want to ask them questions. I want to ask them, how will they support me in delivering those results? I want to ask them what credentials they have as a coach. So other than life experience, what qualifications and what proven evidence-based, empirically proven, you know, methodologies do you use to support me in terms of tools and resources in this process? And then the third thing I would say is don't just trust testimonials that are sent to you in print form right? I mean, I have loads of testimonials. I share them in print form. That's fine. But the one thing I consistently offer to anyone that comes to me is I will provide you with a list of phone numbers of people. You tell me the sort of change you want to make, and I can give you a list of two or three people that will talk to you about their experience with me. So speak to these people. Like if you're spending, I mean, some people spend, you know, like $10,000, you know, on a code. I want to make sure that other people have gotten what they paid for. So that's kind of the checklist. And what about people who say, oh, the coach doesn't invite me to have one-on-one interviews with her or him. I don't have that option to ask them direct questions. And, and that is not the right coach for you. Like if, Exactly. If you, like for me, I wouldn't work with someone like paying that sort of money if I couldn't do all of those things that I've just said to you because I could not trust my intuition. Like my intuition would be saying to me, this is a red flag. I completely agree. Our mutual friend, Letitia Undrak, mm. had another layer, which is to go on to make sure that they have a LinkedIn profile and go and read their LinkedIn profile. So it's essentially like a CV. And she's like, it's a massive red flag for me if they don't have LinkedIn. Um, and it's just, no, do you disagree? Well, it's funny. You know, I have a very 
big following on LinkedIn. And, um, you know, as someone who's ex-corporate, I've been there for a long time. There's a lot of people on LinkedIn with CVs that don't match their credentials. And like, I think of it, that's a bit like a CV, you know, like how many people I interviewed when I worked in corporate because I had large teams. And, you know, I always found the people that look great on paper were never Mm. the best performers. You know, the people that were the best performers were the ones that came through the back door that couldn't sell themselves as well. But damn, when they got in there, they worked hard. Yeah. That's why I say don't believe like the, the written testimonial. Like it's a great thing to have as a first step. But um, I want to talk to people. I still think there's a lot of facade on LinkedIn. LinkedIn's great at wearing people on there wearing masks. It's true. That is such a good point. Okay, so what does a transformational coach do? What does that mean? Mm, So I struggled to find the right word to describe what I do. But basically, um, I help people make shifts they've longed to make, that they've come to the realisation that they cannot make on their own. And so I talk into context. So that can um, either be, it's like so many people come to me and say, I've lost my spark. So they've either lost their spark sort of in their life or they've lost their spark in their business. And so what we do is we're like, you know, what we do is we define what that spark would look like. So do you want to spark yourself? Like, do you need to... um, are you that woman that, you know, looks in the mirror and no longer recognises who she is or says, you know, I I woke up and it's like I'm 45 and I'm sitting here going, this is not the life that I thought I would have and I kind of feel like I landed here and not like I got here by design but I was told to do all these things and then I would arrive at this magical place of happiness and I'm sitting here miserable feeling like, you know, my whole life has been spent making others happy and fulfilling shoulds rather than what I really want. Mm-hmm. And then the other one is I kind of call it spark your biz. So spark your business. And so what um, what I find is a lot of ex-professionals come to me because they've just started their business and they, they're sitting there floundering. They're like they don't know how to build the fundamental foundations, which we're going to talk about one today, which is a customer avatar. So they build a product, they put it out into the world and they wonder why no one buys it. And they spend all of this time and energy that's hugely valuable um, on something that doesn't deliver the revenue that they anticipated. So I help those women sort of just set the foundations up for their business to be able to then look at the growth beyond that. Yeah, and you've gotten to know your customers incredibly well. How is What does that look like for you? You've embarked on this process. Oh, so there was a process, again, that a coach brought me into and I brought her in to help me better understand my customers so that I could speak to them more clearly because I think the biggest insight around customers and customer insight is that we get very good, especially if we've come from a professional background, at taking what they say and using our own words to make it sound more sophisticated. And I would say that is probably the biggest mistake you can make. And I that's what I used to do because people used to say, oh, you're really good with words, but they were my words. They weren't the words of my customers. So the customer avatar process is what completely changed all of that. And so, again, so many clients I work with, when I say to them, we're going to go and we're going to do research, you've got to go out there and do eight to 10 depth interviews an hour each with a consistent set of questions. I want you to capture every word those people say in a Google form and do a, you know, our Otter AI transcript as you do it so that you've got specifically their words. And then we're going to analyze all that and we're going to pull out the themes and we're going to build this profile as it is a real human. We're going to give her or him a name 
and we're going to talk about where they hang out, what they do, how they feel, what they talk to their partner about, what keeps them awake at night. So we know these people intimately. But so many people say to me, oh, but I've already, I've already done that. And when you unpack what that, what that done that means, it's like, oh, but I know my customer because I've spent hours with them. You do, but you don't know their words. And what I find is so many of us don't truly know the real problem that these people are coming to you to solve because people are not buying your time. They are buying a transformation. They are buying a shift from, I want to move from this to this so that I can this. That is so true. I love everything that you said. I've like written it down. (laughs) So can you give me a tangible example of how something someone has said to you in one of these in-depth interviews has ended up in your marketing? Oh, (laughs) so direct quotes are gold because basically they are saying to you, you know, here is the problem. And I'll guarantee if someone has given you that direct quote, there is like a million other people out there feeling the same way. So one of the favorite quotes I love is, I keep telling myself, this is women, right? And my avatar's name is Kelly. And so Kelly would say, I keep telling myself when it's all done, then I'll make time for me. But the reality is it's never all done right? And all I keep doing is moving myself and my dreams to the bottom of my to-do list. So Kelly's a people-pleasing perfectionist, but that is a direct quote. For example, at the moment, we're testing that on Instagram advertising. We've got four other ads. That's the only direct quote we've used and it's it's the one that's performing the highest. Mm. Perfect example. Love that. So good. And how many avatars do you have? Do you have Kelly and a few others or for you and your business, do you just... because That's a common question I'm asked is how many audience personas do I need to have? So I would say Kelly is the core, but then Mm. there's variations of Kelly based on the life stage that she's in, right? So there's Kelly, the professional, and then there's Kelly, the professional, like the corporate professional that's left and started her own business. So she's the same woman. She's just on a a slightly different journey. Mm, okay, great. Yeah. So it's like a con- continuum of Kelly. So like Kelly at a particular life stage before she started her business or before she had children and so forth. And But that's me, right? Because it might be different for different people. The only thing I would say about that, me, because it's a really good question, you can have more than one avatar, right? I would say I probably have three, like three variations of Kelly. Like there's mum Kelly, there's professional Kelly that does, like when I say mum Kelly, professional with kids, professional without kids, and then there's business Kelly, right? But what I would say to a lot of people, I think people try and be all things to all people. And again, this is like when you foundations, you know, they're setting up business and it's like, oh, I don't want to go too narrow because I might miss opportunities. But I would say start with one avatar and make sure you've nailed it. Like make sure people are saying to you, oh my God, that resonates so fully before you then start building avatar, other avatars. I agree completely. What people don't understand is that the more and I use slightly different language to you, you know, an avatar, an audience persona, or even a customer audience segment, Mm. the more that you have, you need to change everything for them. The messaging needs to change, potentially the visuals, the price might need to change for them based on the deliverables. You might need to use different marketing channels to reach those customer audience segments. If you've got a corporate customer and a non-corporate customer, different, very, very different. So don't 
go get excited creating six customer avatars because it sounds like fun. That's essentially six different marketing strategies that you need. And that's a hell of a lot of work. And the thing is, it dilutes, again, most of us, you know, we're small business owners, you know, we're not sort of flush in resources like I was when I was in my professional career. And so therefore it's like, what am I, you know, I always think narrow and deep. For me, that's what's worked, right? Narrow and deep. Like I know Kelly, I know, like I know Kelly because I was right? And so narrow and deep is what has served me. I've gone broad. It's where I started. um, And it never had the impact that the work that I'm now doing is having. Yeah, right. I think it's important to note that like you were Kelly and that that's useful to you. But that doesn't necessarily mean that everybody is you. So, So make sure you do what you are saying and go and have those eight to 10 deep interviews to make sure that there are other people like you. We are not our target audience necessarily. And the, and, and you pick up on a really good point because the other thing was I was Kelly, but I was her 10 years ago. And mm. there is something by the nature of, you know, your journey of evolution that means that even though you remember the stories, there's a lot of stuff you forget in terms of how you felt and what was going through your head at that time. Do you know what I mean? So there does become a level of disconnection through time. Yeah, that, that's very, very, very true. And like we need to validate that our reality is other people's reality. It's, you know, because we're living it and we're in it, we're like surely everyone else is feeling the exact same way that I am. And like more than likely they are, but they also may not be. And you don't know until you actually pick up the phone and start talking to people, right? And I think the biggest red flag, and I hear this all the time, and then I make customer, my clients do it, and they're like, oh, my God, I had no idea, is when people say to me, oh, no, no, but I'm different. I, I really know my customers. I've not done the research, but I really, like, if you're saying that, I would say that's your red flag, saying you need to do your customer avatar. Absolutely. You need to do your research. Yeah. Marketing Circle is the Campaign Del Mar experience reimagined. When you join the ecosystem, you receive access to all Campaign Del Mar's programs, including the beloved Campaign Classroom, our proprietary Campaign Builder tool, one-on-one sessions with me and my team, and a tight-knit community. Join others in the same boat as you, wearing all the hats and juggling all the balls. Intentionally designed for entrepreneurs and marketers who want to build coveted brands, Our strategic and creative marketing ecosystem is your ticket to future-proofing your brand. Marketing Circle is the antidote to marketing's stormy seas. Learn more at campaigndelmar.com. So what to you, Penny, makes a good coach? What is a coach? Like how are they different to a strategist or a mentor or a, a doula? Like what is a coach and what makes a good coach? Mm. So I always say I have the best job in the world because my job is to hold people accountable to realising their dreams and to provide them with the support structure, the wisdom, you know, through time and through skills and like tools, resources and, you know, skill building that's going to enable them to fast track their journey. That's kind of how I work. So I've made the mistakes. I've done this stuff a hundred times over with others. And now I can help you shortcut the process. Um, It's equally someone that helps you do the things that you've tried to do on your own, but you're unable to, you know, because, so that's the thing. I'm not going to go and get a coach if I can do this stuff for myself. Like you, for example, in your program, you taught me how to run campaigns for myself. 
right? So I love that. If I do my job well, ideally I'm teaching my clients how to navigate uncertainty from a place of intention and meaning and giving them the skills and the resources to do that so that whenever they're presented with these life-shifting moments again, they do have the skills to be able to do this stuff for themselves. And a good coach, here's the thing, right? I say two things about a good coach. A good coach is not going to change you. They're not going to fix you. A good coach will help you return to what I call your essence. Because what I find is, and we hear this, you have all of the answers within you, but the layers of should and expectation that society put on us, they are like dense layers that basically hide our light, hide the the truth or the, you know, the authenticity of what we want to be, who we were born to be before all that crap was stuck on us. So, so much of what I do is helping people return to who they were, like who they always felt they were, but were too afraid um, to be. And I had another point, but it's completely dropped out of my mind. Oh, it's okay. It'll come back for sure. And what do you think makes for not a good coach? Look, I don't know. I have to challenge my belief system all the time. I think a good coach has to give you structure because what I see in so many of these people is they have, they come to me because they long to make a shift. They know things aren't working and they haven't been able to do it on their own. So they haven't been able to hold themselves accountable and equally they don't have often the skills. So I think a good coach, being someone that holds you to account, is going to give you the structure to take action, yeah, and help you progress in a way that is meaningful for you. A bad coach, someone I would say who who doesn't have standardised systems and processes to make your experience seamless. I don't want a client signing up and then having to do this, get an email over here, get a meeting request over there. Like there's like 20 different things flying at them. We have a really seamless customer journey so that that stuff, we remove that noise, make it very easy so that the time that these people spent is or spend is spent working on getting the results that they came to me for, not doing admin processes or trying to work out when the next meeting is or trying to chase me down. Yeah, so, 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 so important. So I don't know if you know this, but um, I put our call out onto social media last week asking people if they wanted to be interviewed confidentially and 100% shame-free for the Evolution of My Gurus campaign. Mm. And um, I had 25 people respond after a week, which tells you a lot. And I've since hosted 10 of these confidential interviews about people talking about their guru experiences. Every single one of these experiences was with a coach. So the coaching industry is hurting for sure. Mm. And a couple of things that came up in these interviews, exactly to your point about structure and about systems and processes, was that there seemed to be no flow from first session to the next session to the next session. It was like, you know, like here we are again and then just recapping everything that was said in the first session and asking the same questions and no, you know, hey, let's pick up where we left off and and continue on this journey. It seemed to be like every session was starting, oh, tell me again this and tell me again that. And so uh, that was one thing that came up a lot in these interviews was around the fact that there was no preparation, no system around these extremely expensive and valuable sessions with a coach. 
And then the other thing that really came up was this cookie cutter approach. I told you to launch a podcast. Why didn't you launch a podcast? This is why you have not made $90,000 in 90 days because why aren't you launching a podcast? Well, I'm a single mum and I can't work five days a week. So I don't have the bandwidth for a podcast. Well, then don't tell me that this didn't work because you didn't listen to my advice exactly as I gave it. So you, so what I, what I think is really interesting, I've had a lot of people come to me and they've come to me because they said they've been burnt by other coaches and they've come through word of mouth, right? So again, that word of mouth is so important and it makes me sick to the stomach, but the experiences like what you've just shared of other coaches taking advantage just blows me away. So what you're saying is not unfamiliar to the point where it's actually created business for me. So I can't complain about that, but it's horrible. I hate people going through this experience. The thing that I hate that you just spoke about is two things. One is the bullshit that is sold. If someone is out there selling you, I can help you get $40,000 consistent revenue months. I've done it. So therefore you can do it. No, we're not all the same. We're not all entrepreneurs and we don't all work the same, right? Because like you just said, we're all at different stages of life. Some of us have got ADHD, some of us don't, which means that the way we work and therefore the results that we can deliver within a specific you know, um, set of time is not the same for any of us. A good coach should definitely have the structure, but a good coach should also be adaptable, right? Because to your point about the cookie cutter, I don't believe it. I have like, like you, a toolbox, right? of all of these amazing resources that I've researched and used on myself and other people over the years. But I don't sit there. I say this is the journey we're going to go on in terms of the flow of the journey um, with high-level markers of how that journey will unfold in terms of, you know, explore, experiment, reflect, yeah. But what the ingredients are within that journey will be determined by the individual and what they need. And sometimes clients will turn up and say, you know what, last week we, we agreed we were going to go here, but what I really need is this today. And that's what we go with. Oh, that's so good. That sounds great. So tell me how, what advice would you give to other coaches maybe listening about how to differentiate themselves from a marketing perspective or a business perspective from the cult coaches, because I do genuinely feel for people like you and other legitimate coaches that now have to, you know, be tainted with this brush. Mm. So you can look at it two ways, right? So, and this is how I used to look at it as tainted. So that's why I didn't want to call myself a coach, but now I sit there and go, you know what? It's not that hard to stand out in a sea of bullshit. Love that. Yes. Right? Like I study psychology. So I'm about to start honours in psychology. I went back at 48. I've already got a master's in business and MBA, but I wanted to do psychology because I wanted to be able to support my clients better. I then went and did trauma therapy and I'm studying with Dr. Gabor Mate, who's one of the top trauma therapists in the world, right? So these are the credentials along with all my past history and other skills that I have brought um, to this table, right? So that stuff, when I talk about credentials, that means that I can support people in a holistic and integrative way that a lot of people can't. Because I can tell you one thing that I've learned about human beings, most of us suffer trauma on some degree, and that trauma is a barrier to you realising your potential and the results that you want in your life. So if you don't have someone that understands that and how it works, like I actually think that's unsafe, I would say, in terms of especially if you are trying to make significant changes in your life. Because you can be triggered at any moment when you are trying to make change if you have, you know, trauma, for example, it has an impact. 
Um, yeah. So how do you stand out? Well, there's a couple of things. One, get some freaking qualifications, get some serious qualifications, do the work, you know, and when I say do the work, every client I work with, I've never had a client that will not do a case study interview and the referrals that I get and the amount of clients, like I would say 90% of my clients come back, like, and they come back over time, like they might go away. And like just today, I've got a woman that I've worked with who's a very successful lawyer. She runs the, the Victorian Women's Lawyers Association. And she's come back to me. This is the third time um, she's come back to me today and said, you know what, I'm planning for next year and I need your support. And it's different things, right? Because the trust that's been built is huge. The other thing I would say, and you're brilliant at this, show up in your truth. Like get online and call shit out yeah, and talk about why this is a problem, why you think it's a problem and why you don't do it. Like the more I um, say the things that people are thinking but are too afraid to say, the more I call stuff out, the more I connect with people. I completely agree. When I first launched into online business, I'm like, I'm new here. Let's just tread lightly and just keep those opinions to yourself until you understand the lay of the land. And it was crickets, crickets, crickets. And then yep. the minute I was like, no, nah, I've had a gut, full, a gut full of these gurus. I'm done. That's when people started to take notice. And I think the reason for that from a marketing standpoint is that it makes it really easy for people to go, I want her, I don't. Yes. Like, she's for me or she's not for me. Whereas if you're neutral and you're indifferent and you play both sides and you don't have strong opinions and you just sort of blend in, you blend in. And, you know, unfortunately that's not the game that we're playing anymore. The game is that I want to make it really clear to someone from the get-go, I'm either for them or I'm not for them. And you, um, you know, you speak yeah. to something really interesting, right? I, th- I talk a lot about comparisonitis and how that actually dilutes, again, takes us away from our essence, takes us away from the, the real light that we have. I don't follow a lot of coaches online because I actually, and maybe it's naive, I don't want to do a competitor analysis. I don't want to sit there and compare myself to other people. I want to show up as me. And so because, and so I, that's why I take that approach to differentiate myself because I find that the more I look at what others are doing, the more even just you have an unconscious bias to, mm. you know, navigate to what feels safe. And it's like, oh, if they're doing it, then it must be safe right? And I say, do the unsafe thing. Resist what your central nervous system is telling you to do. It's there to protect you. It's why when we feel tension or fear, we often retreat. I would say, step into the fear, step into the tension and say the thing that you're too afraid to say, because I guarantee it'll make a difference. Oh, I completely agree. All right. So tell me about what you're doing at the moment with Letters to Balance. Oh, this is thanks to you. You know, I've just been the last couple of days in my creative mode working on the next campaign because you've inspired me so much. So off the back of doing your program, we created a campaign called Letters from Balance because so many of the women that come to me, I've done over 200 depth interviews with high-performing women over the last year. And one of the main things they tell me is they long for balance. And balance feels elusive. It feels like this friend that they have that they can never lock down, never, you know, lock down for a date or, a, you know, a dinner or anything like that. And so they feel like they're constantly chasing her, which makes them feel like she's getting even further away. Mm-hmm. So I was like, what if I humanized balance? What if I turned her into a dear friend? And what if I got balance to write my followers, my subscribers, letters, letters that come from a place of self-compassion 
you know, and love and from a place that enable them to make really small changes that make them feel better in each day, make them feel like balance is not elusive, but it's something that they can have more of in each day and stop beating themselves up. Because what I found is as women, we can be damn nasty to ourselves, especially when we don't get the million things on the to-do list done, which the reality is will never happen, right? So that's what we've been doing. So we've been running a campaign called Letters from Balance and we've had 50 people sign up for Letters from Balance. The feedback has been unbelievable. People have just said, this is so clever. And they feel because balance has been humanized, it's like someone's talking directly to them and it's making them look at balance through a different lens. And that's what I love to do, challenge people's perspectives from a place of self-compassion and growth. I think it is so clever, such a creative idea. I haven't seen it before. It is very much you. Uh, Over the nine weeks, we got to get to know each other a little bit. And I'm like, this is so aligned with who she is as a person, as as a coach. So I was extremely excited to see it launch and I'm thrilled to hear that it's it's going well. Yeah, and I think what's interesting, right, with this work, again, um, I spoke with my beautiful content person this morning, Mariah, the content queen, Leticia and I share the same person, and um, she said to me, why wouldn't you make this an evergreen lead magnet on your website? And I was like, that's gold. That's exactly like, I want to, I'll run the campaign again, but we'll tweak it slightly so that people can come to the website and because um, it ends um, in the next week or so, but people can come to the website and have that beautiful experience as their first experience with me, which I think would be great. Yeah, I think that's a brilliant idea. Campaigns, I, I heard, I read this in Ad Age. There's an incredible columnist called M.T. Fletcher and he wrote campaigns are never-ending stories. And I absolutely loved that. I was like, that's so true. Like when I launched The Gurus We Deserve, I thought it was just going to be one campaign, but it's actually turned out to be the campaign that I just iterate upon. And so I think that Letters from Balance is exactly that for you as well. And you might change it down the line, but it's definitely not a one-hit wonder, Penny. No. And and the thing is, once you, I mean, and this is the beauty of your campaign classroom, like I can't advocate for it enough. You know, once you step into this space, like it's hard not to love being creative. But again, I think this is a layer of, you know, should, you know, that gets stripped away. Like the creativity becomes a reward at the end of doing all the other things. And therefore, for many of us, it just goes out the window and never happens. But the joy of having this creativity in my business in a way that I've never had it before has then motivated me. Like I'm constantly creative, which is, I think it's what more business owners need. I agree. It inspires you to go, how else could I, like you said, how do you stand out? Like as a code, Letters from Balance stands out because people don't do this stuff and wait till you see the next one. (laughs) Yeah. So when I launched the Creative Lab, which was like the precursor to Campaign Classroom, I was super nervous about how it would go because I love creativity. Mm. I'm a creative. But because a lot of people online running businesses don't seem to be creative with their marketing, I thought, oh, they might not have an appetite for a three-day training literally on just creativity and hitting creative states. And the response was wild. Like, I could not believe how many people, it opened up a whole new audience to us actually of people saying, love the marketing strategy and implementation and the frameworks and, and, you know, all of that is great. But what I'm really here is how I can be more creative in my marketing and in my business. 
And yeah, that is been such a great moment for us because that's how we can stand out. There are so many marketers, but there's not a lot of marketers that are offering creative and strategic training. And actually since then, I've completely changed my website and my bio and everything to now really step into that space of being a creative and strategic marketer. Creativity is joyful, but in a world where productivity has become the disease, right? Mm-hmm. It, it's it, Creativity is not productive. Because it is a process that requires marinade. Like I think of the campaign I'm creating now. Like yesterday I wrote the brief, but I'm like, I've been thinking about this and ideating on it for a month. And I just keep adding, you know, I've got a little notion board. I add to it. I pull quotes in. Like it's it's not a quick process and, and you can't rush it. Like creativity can't be rushed. You can't wake up one day and go, right, today I'm being creative. It's just not how it works. It's like you've got to put an idea down. You've got to walk away. You've got to go out in nature. You know, you've got to have a few conversations. That's why I always say, you know, the great ideas, they're the ones where the more you share them, the more they grow. Mm, Absolutely. Well, creativity, I think, has two essential ingredients, which is time and space. Yeah. So really, you need that. Those are are essential. It's not something you can squish in between, you know, all the other things in your calendar that week. No. Well, it's been an absolute pleasure, Penny. Any final takeaways for the listener today? Oh, So based on everything we've spoken about, I would say if they haven't seen your Guru's campaign to watch the video and then when you're looking for a coach, keep that in the back of your mind. Yeah. Love that. Because that, that's, like I say, that's sort of the, the basis to know what the red flags are because everything you speak of is exactly what is toxic in this industry. I would never invest in someone that is selling me X amount of dollars in X amount of months. I don't believe it. I've never seen anyone that it's worked for. But it's impossible that it works. How can someone guarantee your income? That's not how free markets work. It's not how competitive markets work. You can't guarantee an outcome in business. Business is inherently risky. Mm-hmm. There's too many factors, you know, what your competitors are doing, what the markets are doing, what it's it's nonsense. What's happening in your life? What stage of life that you're at? Like a lot of women come to me and they say, I've got two little kids and I'm running my own business and I'm watching all these women on social media and they're doing all these things and why can't I do it? And I'm like, because you've got two small children. <laughs> like, mm. You have less space, like mentally and physically. So be kind to yourself. Acknowledge the stage of life that you're at and let's look at what makes sense for you rather than sitting there saying we're going to turn you into a million dollars, you know, success overnight. It's just bullshit. It is. It's absolute bullshit and it's very self-serving. Yeah. I think maybe a real theme for this episode is about what to look out for. What is a, a great blueprint or checklist for deciding who you're going to invest with, whether it's a coach or a marketer or anyone, whoever you're going to give your mar- your money to, what are some markers to look for, both on the positive and on the negative, in order to help you make a much more informed decision? And I think one of those markers should be look at the messaging and see whether it is purely self-serving. Mm. Are they talking about themselves? and how well they're doing and their lifestyle and their wealth and their income, or or is it coming from a place of community and a place of service to other people? Whereas, you know, it's not just the 40 minutes that I've spent with you, but also the last nine weeks, I can see that you deeply give a shit about the lives that are entrusted to you. Without a doubt, because you, I mean, this is the thing, right? How can you take lightly playing with people's lives? Because that's effectively what you are doing. 
And I would say if anyone wants a copy of the checklist, I've just turned it into a PDF. So just, I'm sure Mia will pop all my details in the show notes. Just send me an email or message me on Instagram or LinkedIn, and I will send you that so that you can go out and do your due diligence and, um, and not get taken advantage of by the gurus. Yeah, we'd love to add that in the show notes. Thank you so much. And tell us where people can reach you. You've got the book as well. Yeah. So um, you can find me at hackinghappy.co. I'm pretty prolific on LinkedIn, but you'll find me on my name there. And then on Instagram, hackinghappy.co. Thank you so much. And if anyone is looking for a coach, you are going to be in very safe hands with Penny. Thanks, Miriam. Thank you once again for joining me on the program. It's been a joy. Thank you. You listened right up until the end. So why not hit that subscribe button and keep the good marketing rolling? Podcast reviews are like warm hugs. And they're also the best way to support a small business. You can connect with me, Mia Feilman, on Instagram or LinkedIn. And feel free to send me a message. I'm super friendly.